sports fans. Wish we could be talking on better circumstances, but we're not. So, Drew, how are you? I'm okay. I'm alive, hanging in there. Had a my heart has gone through a lot of stress the last couple of weeks. Nothing out of the normal, I suppose. How are you? Not not too bad, considering the circumstances. Wish I could be saying uh differently, but here we are. I got to go to Portland to see the RSL game, but that's about the highlight of this month. Yeah, that's right. So last time we talked, you were unsure if it was just going to be a trip to visit Portland <laughs> or if it was going to be a trip to visit the uh, Providence Park for the home opener. So uh, how'd it go? Have you been to a game at Providence Park before? That was my third one, but yeah, oh, okay. I've been there in the past. How does this one rank? Fantastic experience. This was my first TIFO, so that was really cool. Got to see that. Uh, good game overall. Very entertaining for a nil-nil draw. Other than that, it was fantastic weather. I wore shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> and then I got to come home to Massachusetts, where it was snowy and like 40. Sounds about right. And it snowed yesterday as well, I saw during the, yep. the Revs game. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's we've had three ties and then the latest loss against Vancouver. So how do you how do you feel about the Timbers right now? <laughs> I want to be confident. I really do. Um, I'm getting a little annoyed about the uh, naysayers of Fernando Adi. Um, people are getting really down on him, but the guy has three goals in four games. That's not too shabby. And he's a different player with Diego Valeri around him. You know, he's his hold-up game has improved a lot, which I like. And he is working with Nagby a little bit, but, you know, Nagby's not Diego Valeri. No one is Diego Valeri. And I think... Diego Valeri is Diego Valeri, but yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's... You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, uh... And even last night, Sunday night, or Saturday night, whatever day it was, um, he did miss that last goal, that open shot, pretty much. But other than that, he's a guy who's working... He's improving, and he seems like he wants to be here. And you can't really argue with that. Seeing how, with all the crosses that are coming in that have no target, it kind of makes you wonder about other people. You're you're totally right. I don't I don't really think anyone's seriously saying he's the problem. I mean, he's the only one on the team that scored a goal. Obviously, the attack hasn't looked as good as a lot of people thought it would, but I don't think that can be placed on him, and I don't really think people are blaming him. Oh no, there's a few people on Twitter that are putting the blame on his shoulders. There's a few people on Twitter that will say anything. Speaking of those crosses that seem to have go to nowhere, uh, let let me give you a stat that'll blow your mind. So, Vancouver on Saturday completed three of the seven crosses they attempted. What do you think the Timbers number was for crosses? I think completed I've and... it's like 47? Yeah, 3 for 47. Yeah. So 44 crosses did not find a Timbers player against the Whitecaps. I mean, you it know, just... what does that say? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it says. It sure reminds me of when John Spencer was our coach, though. Right? Just whip a ball in and hope for the best. Yeah. It worries me in the sense that if you're doing something 47 times and it doesn't work 44, like maybe that's a hint that you should try something else. So the fact that the Timbership kept doing it over and over and over and failing, especially when all the best chances it seemed to come straight through the middle or 
you right? know, through balls, that sort of thing. Like, I mean, the direct play we had when playing Salt Lake in L.A., it seemed to be working. Like, you know, it wasn't quite there yet, but it was working. So I don't know why we completely switched it to attacking on the wings now. I think the attack does look fairly good. I mean, 15 shots on the road. It, you're going to win the game most of the time. The Timbers' shots were in better places. We had nine shots in the 18-yard box, uh, no wider than the six. So, like, those are all really high-quality chances. And they're you better know, than... We the... should have won. Yeah. By our quality of play. Three out of the four games. But we didn't. Yeah. At least the Galaxy and this game, obviously, it scares me because it's the same problem we've had for a couple of years now, which is just stupid defensive, right. you know, mess-ups. The first one, I mean, that's a nice free kick. I feel like Crazy could have gotten there, but it would have been a tough save. That was his first real test, and he failed it because everything other than that has came right to him. That said, I mean, it did go right over Viafania's head. Like, why we have our shortest dude in the middle of the wall uh, is maybe a question as well. That said, I don't know where you put him otherwise because it's not like he can guard one of their, you know, mark one of their big guys. But it just it's a little troubling. Any other player, like it barely, it almost looked like it skimmed the top of his but head. No. So any other player is going to be able to stop that. Going back to that point, on the Alan Gordon goal versus LA, we had Viafania marking Alan Gordon. Exactly. How is that a good idea? Exactly. The other, I mean, I don't even know what we have to say about the, the last goal, aside from the fact that... They just stood there? I mean, it was almost like a bad Marx. You know how, like, old people think the Marx Brothers are funny? Like, slapstick <laughs> comedy, but it's not actually funny? This is That's what this felt like. No, like, they're trying to, you know, do some slapstick comedy, and it just didn't work. I mean, Borchers literally, like, does a half hop away from the ball, because he thinks um, Ridgewell's going to get in there. They freeze, too. Like, they watch it go by them. They literally both – it was one of those things where it's like, you got it, you got it, you got it, which as a center back right? you probably never do. Like if you're a center back, just at least kick each other trying to get that ball out rather than both letting it – Put an effort in. Yeah. Part of the other problem is that they both stepped forward and Powell stepped back to keep him on onside. So it's on Powell as well. Correct. Uh, but it is. No, it was a defensive collapse. Who should have stayed with the line. But still, it's we inexcusable. Collapsed. We folded. Yeah. And they both. The other side of that is they both stepped, and they both let the ball go right between them. Really, one should have stepped the ball. One should have gone with the player, or at least stood behind him if you're trying to hold him offside. But uh, just stupid, stupid mistakes that are just so familiar. So I mean, th there's a good side too, though, right? Which is, dare I say, easily fixable, right? Part of me says, Will Johnson. First of all, if Will Johnson's on the field, and both against the Galaxy and in this game, if he's on there, he's not letting them lose focus the last few minutes of the game. Like, it seems like it has been happening. Very true. He's a different type of captain. Yeah, I mean, he's going to lose his freaking mind. You know, he's about as crazy Correct. and passionate as you get. But, like, smart crazy, not, like, Palmo to cock crazy. And uh, so I, I think that that would help. You know, he's also just, you know, going to be better than Fochibe, who I thought had a strong game, but just some stupid mistakes. Actually, that that free kick goal, the first goal, the goal in the first half, he fouled for no reason whatsoever. He gets his whole defense in front of him and just takes him down from behind. It seemed like just because he got beat, basically, he's feeling bad for himself, and so he took the dude out, which was totally unnecessary. Fuchive, for the most part, I thought was pretty solid, but 
Just some stupid mental mistakes. Like, right? he took that shot from 45 yards away. It's like, chill out, dude. You got your whole offense in front of you. Just be a little more patient. But that being said, he is still young and getting first team minutes for the first time. So he's hopefully learning. I thought I think he's he's clearly got the skill. Yeah, and I like what I see so far. Yeah, I think he has, still hasn't quite caught up to the pace yet, but I have no reason to doubt that he ever will. Just he's still not Will Johnson. Correct. So yeah, I mean to get back to my point, I think the good news is that it's fixable. The bad news is that this is a problem that Caleb Porter has had. In his, with his defense since he got there, which is a little scary. Like maybe it's something that Caleb Porter just can't figure out with defenses. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe that means they need to bring an assistant coach, or maybe they just need Will Johnson on the field. Who knows? I mean, even Shara had a one of his worst games. I feel like Correct. in a long time. I don't know what it was, but we had these moments where we were looking fantastic, especially when Spurrier came on. I mean, did you see him go? On the wings, I mean, the guy was phenomenal. I mean, I love seeing him in there. Definitely his best game. Yeah, and so, and, you know, I felt Adi had a pretty okay game. Other than that miss, like, he held the ball pretty well, and he did score. You know, he got himself in good positions when he needed to. But other than that, you can't point to too, too many people. I mean, Nagby did Nagby, but... And going back on to Nagby, too, um, if he can keep playing the way he's playing till September, I do not see a reason why he's not going to get called up. I mean, regardless of if he's scoring or not, the guy can run a midfield. I I don't think that would be his, he that definitely wouldn't be his role for the national team, and obviously it's probably not going to be his role once Johnson and Valeri are back. But uh, he's definitely filled in capably. This was probably his quietest game, I think. And it was interesting to see Rudy start next to Audi, which I don't have they ever started. They started before? maybe once. Like Ch- I think or something yeah, I think last, last year they did it once. Okay. I think that was a, the smart move because Espria hadn't been doing great, yeah. and Espria certainly did better off the bench than he had been starting. I think he, he's just the style of player that is, you know, he's going to take the ball and, and run at defenders, which is better when they're a little tired, of course. It did seem a little bit like Rudy and Adi were running over each other pages, yeah. a little bit. There were times when they were trying to grab the same space, and I don't put that blame on Adi. I think... Rudy kept getting sucked into the middle a little more than he should have as a wing player. That said, when we're sending in 40 crosses, you know, I can see why he would want to get go to the middle. But again, these are both sad, but also very fixable problems that we're dealing with. So in a way, it's these results are encouraging to me because, I mean, we're talking about these terrible defensive mistakes, and we've also had two no, shutouts out of four games. So... And that's pretty dang good. So if we can figure these stupid mistakes out, especially late in games, if we, if we chop off the last ten minutes of the last two games, then we have four more points, right? Yeah, but it's so, we score five more goals, you know. Or three more, three more points, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course. It's troubling, but it also makes me think that we're legit. And if we can get our shit together, then this could be a te- one of the better teams in the West. I, I really believe that. I completely agree with you, but the fact is when we're so dependent on Diego Valeri, and just not a knock to like the rest of the team, when we can't function as a scoring machine anymore without a single player, then we're too dependent. And that might be the structure of MLS because, you know, three designated players or what have you, but I feel we need to do something until this guy comes back because we cannot drop more points in April. 
I mean, if we don't, I mean, this might be my opinion, but if we don't go six for six in our home games, we can look at another situation in like 2014. Let me say something crazy here and say that that wouldn't be a huge problem for me just because after the All-Star break last year, the Timbers had the second best record in the league after the Galaxy. This year we make the playoffs with the same record because there's one more team that makes the playoffs. I think the East is down this year. Obviously, a five or six seed is below where we want the team to be, but I also know that, you know, I think two, is it two or three teams have gone from the lowest seed in the MLS playoffs and won MLS Cup. So The Galaxy have done it a few times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know RSL did it when they won their MLS Cup as well. So it's it's certainly possible, and, you know, maybe this is just the longtime Timbers fan in me that is, like, trying to lower my expectations, but... uh I think I think there's still a lot of reason for optimism. Oh, there is because we're gonna get Diego Valeri back. And yeah. He's gonna do Diego Valeri things. But the fact is, we can't just sit around waiting for him to come back. We need to you know do our jobs, pick up points before a guy comes back. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because we will get a really tough away schedule after these two home games. I mean, we got what is this? New York, Seattle. The next few games are. Home to Dallas and Orlando, and then I will see you in New York City, and then we play in Seattle. That those are our four games in April. Yeah, but then I don't get that annoying stretch in May. Then we have Vancouver. So yeah, two Cascadia games in a row. Vancouver at home, and then go to Montreal, go to Houston, go to Toronto. That's so that's gonna be that's gonna be real tough. And then only four days after Toronto, we play United at home. Three days after that, we play in Colorado. So that in one week, three games, and that's two of them away. So that's going to be a hell of a stretch. May. Oh yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, may maybe may may break <laughs> or make our season. We shall see. I mean, Dallas is not going to be a cakewalk. They're playing in top form right now already. They're undefeated. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, you got to think that's not going to be easy, and then. Orlando's finding goals through Kaká, and they just tied Montreal. Nah, I kind of think Orlando sucks, but we'll see. I don't. I think they're competitive. I don't think they're a shoe into. We're not. We're sure shit. Not a shoe into beat them if we can't score a goal. And I think, you know, we gotta start looking at that. We can't repeat 2014. We want a better seed. If we can avoid the uh, the playoff games, not the playoff, the uh, the playing games, which is three, four, five, six, that would be fantastic. If we get one or two, that would be wonderful. So, no, I do understand the playoffs are a crapshoot, but that doesn't mean we should just kind of sit around hoping just to get number six. Fantastic. Look at us. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to be Vancouver, basically, right? Who I think three out of the last four years has gotten like a four or five seed and lost in the play-in game or whatever. Yep. So Actually, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, it was the five seed twice, and they lost to Galaxy and the Sounders? That sound right? No, they lost to Dallas last year, I believe. Did they lose to Dallas? I think so. I could be wrong. Who cares? It is nice that we have a two-game home stretch, two games in, what, the next three weeks. Some time to figure shit out. Hopefully get our defense together. It is interesting, sorry to go backwards again, that it does seem like it's Porters and Richwall that aren't on the same page. And Viathania, who occasionally... Who hasn't been the best this season, but isn't prone to those just boneheaded gaffes necessarily. And Powell, who if you would have asked me at the start of the season who was our first, worst like just actual defender, 
I would have said it was Powell, but I would say he's been the most error-free thus far this season. Again, I think the odds that we figure it out are higher than the odds that we continue to do this. I, I would agree with you, especially because you know, we have the new guy, uh, was it Ishmael Yartley coming in? Who, if you haven't yet, go listen to the Portland Timbros today. Did you listen to their interview with uh, Niger- or no, Ghanaian? reporter on him who basically describes this guy as the second coming of Maradona Pele Beckenbauer. He's um our, the the podcast is in my queue. I'm going to listen on my way in tomorrow morning. Honestly, I probably didn't learn anything about this player because he just describes him as like the second coming of Jesus, but uh <laughs> it's thoroughly entertaining and the dude is hilarious. So everybody should give that a listen. I don't know, do you see him impacting the team? I almost I, I really don't see him making much of a difference. I mean, his highlight reel is okay, but it just seems like the position he plays, maybe he gets a few minutes before Johnson and Valeri come in, but I think he's a rotation player at best, and it also it doesn't seem like he's going to fit in. Like, who's he going to play over? I guess Gaston Fernandez, who has been pretty er- terrible. But Does he play where um, a three would play? He plays out on the right, correct? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see him starting over Sprio. Yeah, or Rudy, like whoever whoever it is. Espria has fantastic footwork. Like I don't know anyone who has better footwork other than Diego Valeri on her team. And you know he's not afraid to use it. Obviously, we saw against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're always going to be. I can't see him being a better finisher than Espria. It's not saying that's anything phenomenal because Espria has not finished a thing yet. But I don't see him bringing more to the table than Espria will. I don't, I don't either. Obviously, what the hell do we know? We ran off some YouTube trip sh- uh, clips, but and and the nice thing about it is, like, I think it's required by the league that he's alone to buy. So yeah. if he works out great, well, you can buy his rights. If he stinks, then we can just send him back at the end of the season. So. Nothing gained, nothing lost, and that's fantastic. You know, that's how we got um, Valeri and Adi. Yep. What do you think? So the Timbers announced that they sent um, a few players down to T2. Uh, including Nick Beasler, which was and like Jake Gleason and some other guys that I think we mostly expected, but Beasler surprises me a little bit. What do you think of that? Only because we're so injury uh, affected right now. You know, if Ben Zemanski was still around, I wouldn't be that surprised, but he's not. I mean, if Powell has to go in, you know, Jamaican international duty, it kind of throws a wrench in our whole plan. Yeah, I mean, and Taylor Pay, who has he played the season or? He was rumored to going to be playing against Vancouver, but because Powell did not know where he came back, okay. we, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is interesting to see Pei and Beasler, even Shilo Shuma, who I named my fantasy team after. <laughs> but all go down. These are guys who, it seems like, if you had asked at the start of the season, all had legit chances to be not only in the rotation, but starting occasionally. So... It's a little surprising, especially given our lack of depth, but maybe that's maybe they think this new guy is going to fit in there, or these guys won't. And that's not to say that it's not easy to uh, get them back up with the first team if and when they're required. No, I don't think it being too complicated, especially because it's alone. But, you know, also talking about the uh, the T2 roster, I'm relatively impressed with the fact that we have a Trinidad, uh, yeah, Trinidad and Tobago International and a New Zealand International in that. I had no idea, but... <laughs> They're both young guys, and it gives me hope that they could be making uh, first-team appearances. And neither one are fantastic international programs, but I just like the uh, idea of having more international talent coming in. I mean, throw that with Powell and Jamaica, and 
Corazzi with Ghana. Yeah, exactly. We got a lot of. And then you know, you know, Wallace is kind of a Costa Rica B team player, but he's been yeah. capped. Yeah, we got Mesa Conca calf covered. We just need the USA now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which I would I would be a little bit surprised. And, you know, if, unless Nagy Nagby completely falls off form, I see him at least getting a call up into the camp come September. It's a long ways down the line, man. It's... It is. Valerio also makes everyone around him look better. It's true. If anything, Nagby's only showed he can play in multiple positions and still play in a dominant way. I'm a little afraid, too, of, like, thinking that Valeri's this messiah that's going to come back and save us. I mean, last year when he came back, it took him a month, six weeks, before he was back to his old self. Uh, he definitely had some down games there, so who knows? No, it's very true. And I mean, he's not going to be playing 90 minutes right away, which is another thing. So, I mean, even if he's coming back by May... He's only getting like 15 minutes, then 30, and then 60, and then a 90. Because then we're not talking until June by a full game. But anyway, uh, so what did you think of the Kansas City game? Uh, I barely remember it at this point. I thought it was a good result for us on the road. Difficult place to play, although Timbers have had success there in the past, but it's a really good team. So I think uh, 0-0 is, is a damn good result. Really? What do you think? What do you think of that game? Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's a good result. Um, definitely a stablest game, but uh, all things considered, I was pretty happy with it. You know, sporting the other team, trying to find out their form, still trying to figure out what they're gonna do with this season. But I was pretty happy with it overall. Wasn't anything to you know write home about. Again, I think we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. And that game was far cleaner game. I mean, it was. I guess it, another correlation between that game and. The Vancouver game was bad. Well, every game, now let me think about it, is the bad set-piece marking. I mean, Icopara had two open headers that he probably should have finished. Obviously, Alan Gordon's goal came on a set-piece, and then the free kick against Vancouver. So that's all but one of the goals that's been scored against us. I feel like none of these goals were, like, super spectacular. We should have been able to prevent all of them. You know, whether it starts with crazy saving that free kick or just not giving away the you know the fouls in the bad areas or, you know marking better on corner kicks these things should be pretty well ingrained in timbers minds by now there are issues year after year i the, for the life of me no idea why at this point yep hopefully someone does and hopefully his name's caleb porter he should uh, yeah, he's gotta be aware of this by now and what do you do i mean the back line's been overhauled twice in his time and yet we're seeing the same issues come over and over again. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that this is reason to give up on our back line. I do think that Ridgewall and Borchers are really good. I think they're the most talented center backs that we've had and the most sane. I think, like I said, they're going to figure it out. We're, we're beating this horse to death. Well, I think the scary thing is we've seen this before and we've seen how bad it can go. So that's why Timber Sands are looking around, wondering what the fuck is going on with this team. Because we've seen how bad this situation can go. We've, been, we've gone through it twice already. And, you know, we see the team, and we're like, this team has the potential to be, you know, a Western Conference champion year after year. But we're lacking that put-your-boot-on-somebody's-throat-killer instinct that we've never had, and we don't know why. Well, I think we're going to figure it out on the 4th against Dallas. I'm saying it now. That's our first one of the season. And I hope, I hope you're right. 
I'm super optimistic. I do think we're going to go 6 for 6 after the home games. And I don't think us winning against New York would be that far off either. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be tough to get points out of either of those games, to be honest. Just because traveling three time zones on short rest is going to be really difficult. And then traveling back three time zones to the fishing village is never good. Plus, I just hate that. I mean, we never play well on the turf, really, in the clink. So that'll be difficult. But if we can lock away some points, even I would take four points against DC and, or sorry, against FC Dallas and Orlando City. And, and then any points I feel like that we get on the road in New York or shit uh, all is bonus. Well, New York, I mean, have you seen any of the uh, the New York home games yet? Uh, I have. They play in a toy box compared to, I mean, everyone said the Timbers field was so small. This is makes it look huge. Yeah. So I think the Timbers will be able to like exploit that because they can do play in a small field, to be honest. We've expanded I it, think but we yeah. We're used yeah. to that already. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's still not, even with the expansion, it's not huge. Like, it's still one of the smaller fields in the league. So I don't think that's going to be too different from us. I think the quality of the pitch will be shitty, because it always is. And that'll be right after opening day, I believe. They'll probably have played some baseball on it by that point. The 19th, yeah, that sounds just about right yeah. for the Yankees. I mean, other than that, I don't see a reason why we couldn't be NYCFC at home. Yeah. I mean, they have really good players. Is the, I think the main problem, like, David Villa is probably the best striker in the league, if he can be healthy. I know he set out this last weekend with an inductor strain. But I can also see him absolutely shredding our defense. So that'll be difficult. Uh, I think I think the key battle in that game will be Mix versus whoever's playing center midfield for us. Probably, I mean, probably he's going to be a Chira trying to shut him down. And Mix has shown that he can, you can kind of get under his skin if you're physical with him. So maybe, you know, we just have Chira go out there and... And that's what Chira does. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, give him Chira a couple hard fouls early. In, in my opinion, at least, Chira has taken better players than Mix Discord. That might just be my personal opinion, but from what I've seen, I don't think Mix will be anything he can't handle. So that's actually a good segue. We're going to be up there in New York City. Uh, they have the Army, I don't think I don't think we've pinned down where the pregame shenanigans are going to take place, but we'll try to get some of the match day experience up. Now, also, if um, anyone listening who is going to the game would like to come on to the show after, please uh, send us a tweet at TA Field Report. We'd love to have you on. Any of the, uh, the New York loggers or uh, any of the East Coast platoon. That'd be great. And our email is timbersfieldreport at gmail.com. Uh, we've had a lot of people from t- uh, from Portland reach out and say they want to come on the show, which is we totally appreciate. That said, we are kind of trying to keep this people that don't live in Portland. Basically, we're all envious of you people that live in Portland, and having you come on the show to rub it in our faces is just too much for us to deal with. So, <laughs> if you're if you're a Timbers fan that lives outside of Oregon and Southwest Washington, sorry, but you're you're too cool for us. So uh, that's true. That's not to say we'll never have anyone from Portland on, but it just it's the Timbers Field Report, not the Timbers Road Trip Report. I will say this, like even like going to Portland, I just feel so crappy not living in Portland because like I I stayed really close to the stadium and walking by the stadium every day, I'm like I don't get to do this for every day. It's so miserable. It's hilarious. I find myself so like today I was walking through D.C. and I saw some building that was going up, and the windows were gelled win windows, and right. I was like. Of course, that reminds me of Jeldwin Field, because what else would it do, right? It's just stupid crap like that. No, I completely agree. 
Portland is such a cool city to be in. Like, even my fiance were to walk everything, and I don't know. I just miss it. It's one of those cities. It's nothing quite like it. Indeed. Okay. Anything else? Uh, you said the Twitter handle at TA Field Report. If you're into this, give us a rating or review. That'll help other folks find us. It's gonna do it, Drew. So uh, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, talk to you again next time. You can hear it on the radio.